0: Welcome to episode 15 of In The Stacks, a podcast created and produced by the Montgomery County Archives of Montgomery, Alabama. In this episode, we have an interview with the staff at the Montgomery County Archives, including county archivist Dallas Hanbury, volunteer Taylor Smith, and myself, intern David Cook. In the interview, we discuss how we developed our interests in archives and what could be done to help others develop an interests as well. Let's get right into it, uh, Dallas, uh, what was the path that led to you becoming an archivist? Uh,
1: that's a good question, David. Um, I went to college at the University of Montevallo uh, in Alabama, um, and uh, I, you know I, I had a work study in the library, uh, and I had been at that work study at the circulation desk for two years actually, and uh, I kind of. I had seen the University Archivist working on a couple of different cool projects, particularly some exhibits, and, um, you know, I, I asked them one day, hey, you know, can I work with you uh, for the next, uh, you know, the upcoming academic year, um, because I really like the uh, the hands-on aspect of it. Um, like many people, I'm sure they, they choose this line of work. I uh, uh, you know, I, lo- I love history, uh, uh, you know, I went to graduate school ultimately and got degrees in history, but um, I think in terms of archives, I like the uh, tangible aspect of it um, and uh, kind of the uh, detective hunt of, you know, when, when you conduct research and finding things uh, new to you and perhaps uh, new to others. So that, that's, that's my, you know, basic uh, experience in terms of becoming an archivist.
0: Okay, uh, Taylor I have the same question for you. Uh, what led you entering into the field?
2: Uh, well, my path was a little bit more uh, winding than that. Uh, I guess it. I guess it started um, summer of my second year of college. I was I was back in Montgomery. I was doing some work on a project, and that led me to the state archives, uh, where I spent some time. You know. Requesting books from the stacks and going through the microfilm and such uh, and generally having a a pretty good time, uh, a lot of information. Um, Fast forward to graduation and I have an English degree uh, and a great education, both of which I love and uh, very little in the way of uh, professional direction, you might say. Um, I tried some stuff and it didn't unfold the way I wanted it to. I tried to get into publishing because... Well, I have the degree, I guess, and I like books, yeah. um, but I was never, never quite into it. Uh, I didn't have the hustle that you need to like get into the publishing uh, field, which is yeah, which is uh, very competitive. So I was getting frustrated, uh, and a friend told me to take a step back and think about what appeals to me on a sort of like ideological broad level. Uh, but what is something that I could be like? proud of doing, uh, also take a bunch of career surveys because that, that could never hurt. Uh, so I did both of those things. And, uh, between the, between those two, uh, I sort of slowly circled back to the archives, uh, preservation and access, uh, accessibility of information, uh, how interface and presentation can significantly change how people process and understand uh, information these a lot of like random things that i had thought about during my academic career and just hanging out um sort of resurfaced in information science and more specifically archival studies uh from there i reached out to a bunch of local resources and voila uh, i came to start volunteering at the uh, montgomery county archives Uh, where I discovered that I really
0: liked it. As for myself, I always had a love for history. Um, I was raised by my grandparents, so and they were brought up during the Civil Rights Movement, so they would always tell me stories of their childhood that would resonate with me because the stories they would tell were so different from what was... Published in books about the civil rights movement and that whole era, and I just thought the game a fascination about history and not only history but uh, people's personal history. Uh, and so, fast forward to me starting college at ASU, uh, I became a history major because history was my favorite subject, and I always had this dream that I would teach history instead of instead of doing anything else and like 2 years ago I accepted a an intern position at the Montgomery County Archives and it just opened up the a whole new world for me of history not just reading about history and not just uh hearing about history but actually being able to see and touch actual historic files and records and photographs and it just it gave me a, 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 a new love for history, and that's how I, I got into the archival field.
1: You know, David, I was as I was listening to you and, and Taylor, I thought, you know, um, you know, one of the things that we talked about in graduate school. You know, when I was studying to become an archivist, uh, my degree is is uh, technically in public history, which is um, you can define that in a number of ways, but distilling it down to maybe perhaps its most basic definition of, you know, historians working in public, you know, as part of that, I, you know, I focus my studies in archives, but one of the things we always talked about was in public history, there's a lot of room, you know, under the so-called tent, uh, you know, and by, and so by that, I guess, I mean, there's a, you know, public history and by extension archives, since that's what we're talking about today, um, can accommodate Uh, you know, a diverse array of people uh, and their interests. I think it's, I think what's telling today, you know, uh, all three of us, um, I guess, have some sort of academic background in the humanities, uh, but within that, our our interests are pretty diverse. uh, And yet, uh, all three of us have found that working in in and being around archives, uh, that, that that has allowed us sort of an outlet for our, our intellectual and our creative um, expressions.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean Taylor, so in your experience like uh, as someone who is a lover of books and, and the English language, um, I mean have you personally found ways that, that working in archives can help you, you know, um, use your academic interests or, or at least give you an idea of how archives could support, you know, those sort of intellectual pursuits?
2: I think so. Yeah. Um, well, the, you know, the, the thing about archives is that it allows for such a sort of broad and deep, uh, survey of, uh, the written word, um, in all of its, in all of its forms. Um, you know, I'm interacting with, uh, a lot of sort of forms and formats of of writing you know mostly nonfiction with our uh work in the county archives but it is still just a a fascinating s- survey i guess you would say of uh life uh, in in alabama uh, in montgomery and that is um intellectually and creatively stimulating in its own right um and we've talked before, you and I, about uh, research in the field of uh, digital archiving and how software can let you see previous iterations of um, electronic documents. And so you can, uh, one, one could uh, take a, a file for like a, a manuscript and see all of the different revisions that it went through. And I find that um, just incredibly interesting.
1: So I guess it's kind of like the, I don't know if that's necessarily accountability, but kind of documenting the past and a I mean, even with digital files that seem not to be all I mean they're not te- they're not technically tangible, but there is something there, and it's something that we can document, I guess.
0: Yeah. I think it makes it more uh, it makes it more real because when you read history, you don't really. You know it's real, but you you don't have a uh, something that you can touch to actually prove to yourself. Okay, this is this is something that is memorialized and actually took place. Uh, for example, uh, we all know slavery happened and we all know slavery existed, but uh, I think I had a recently we went to the uh, Whitney plantation and. In Louisiana, and I think I had a, like a, a you kind of feel a connection to the past where you actually are able to see and touch and interact with with uh, artifacts from that from that era. So
1: and so, I guess you're saying like um, that uh, archives are kind of like an extension of that where. Um, okay, so like the Whitney Plantation is, I don't, it's not living history, but I mean, it's a historical relic from slavery. Uh, but kind of in the same way, like the collections that archives hold, um, I mean, it's, it's tangible history, right?
0: Yeah. Like just saying, uh, the bills of sale, like we have in our collections, uh, it's, it's something that's tangible. You can actually touch it and see and read it and, you feel a connection to it
1: you're referring to uh bills of sale for enslaved people right yes yes sir <laughs> yeah yeah um taylor what about this whole this whole sort of um uh intersection of the the abstract and and uh for lack of a better term tangible seems to be the one we're going with here what, what are your thoughts on that
2: yeah i have to agree that having the um Working with the, I guess artifacts themselves really um, helps with perspective. Like uh, when when we were working on the uh, Freedman contracts, like it, it it was one thing. Like when we were talking about the the project, hearing about the the details and uh, writing of the the contracts themselves, but then actually seeing them and working with them. Uh, it, it, was, uh, kind of, it was a very uh, necessary uh, reminder, I think.
1: Well, I, and I think it speaks to, uh, you know, the power of archives. And and for, for those listeners who don't know, um, what Taylor is referring to is, so after the Civil War, you um, there's a government agency, uh, 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 commonly known as the Freedmen's Bureau. And one of the things that the Freedmen's Bureau did was work with, uh, and this is, I'm putting this very simply. There's a whole body of literature out there that you can consult, but very simply put the Freedmen's Bureau worked with formerly enslaved people, um, and landowners in the South, uh, uh, to, 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 for the creation of, and, and, and the review of, um, uh, essential labor contracts. Um, so formerly enslaved people, uh, a good many of them end up working on, um, well, I mean, I guess former plantations and farms in the South. Uh, but, uh, that labor is now paid labor. Um, and there is in fact a labor contract, um, uh, Regulating that 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 exchange of labor for money between the landowner and and the and the worker, um, so considering all that all of us have, uh, you know, I guess somewhat related but ultimately different um, entry points into archives and um, I guess different ways of using and experiencing the archives. Uh, because, you know, so I'm, at, so I'm 30 and all the rest, both of you are in your late 20s, for, for the next crop of cost shootings coming up behind us, um, this is all just conjecture at this point, but how do you think the next generation might come into archives or, or, or how can we uh, inter- interest them in this, this what is really, a really, really cool profession and a really necessary one for documenting the past? Uh, anyone?
2: Well, I think, um, I think no matter how far, you know, the, this next generation, the generation after that, how far you go into the, the future, the, the history is still the history and people will be, uh, attracted to that no matter what, uh, no matter when. Um, my first thought a while ago was that, uh, digital, um, Digital archiving and digital history was the was going to be the thing, but if I understand correctly, I talked to a um, a professor a while ago about it. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, students now are focusing really really hard on the uh, traditional physical aspect of of archiving. So I can't really say either way about that.
1: Ooh, that's interesting, huh? How about you, David?
0: oh well i think you have to get them started early uh i think what people know it or that we've all uh archived before like just having a scrapbook at home is having an archive or a family bible or anything like you just have to relate it to their perspective like uh i think for me uh coming into archives was easy because I always saw my grandma and my grandfather uh keeping old photographs and old like papers and stuff and keeping them in file cabinets and after I got the internship I realized that's kind of the same thing that we're doing here. Like
1: Yeah, I think so. And you know, I think um well both of you raised really interesting points that in this age of uh, the internet and soon to be the age of things you know um, where everything is interconnected you know essentially well, it more so than it already is um, that <laughs> well maybe it's a sign of our digital age that, that as you put it Taylor uh, uh, students younger than us are um, have a continuing or rediscovering the interest in the tangible um, and, and as to and, you know and as David put it, um, you know, we, human, it's human nature to archive, but it sounds like what, what we in particular, me as, you know, the, the county archivist need to do is to continue to work on, um, outreach and, 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 communicating with the community and, and getting a sense of, uh, what sort of historical record they find important and how they like to go about archiving.
0: Yeah. I think this podcast is, uh, is a good, Good medium to do that because a lot of people are looking, like Taylor was saying, a lot of people are looking for things digitally nowadays. And you never know who might like turn on the podcast and hear it. And it might spark an interest and might go to the website, see a finding aid and see some things that they want to see. And you, you got a, uh, a new budding archivist.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I think. We'll close on this. So uh, this week, or excuse me, last week, right at the end of the week here at the Montgomery County Archives, um, we had a couple of patrons come in uh, from Chicago, and uh, they were doing some genealogical research. And uh, just in passing in a discussion, one of the patrons said, hey, you know, uh, yeah, all the way down here, we, we, we listen to a podcast. And I said, do you mean our podcast? And she says, yeah. And I said, well, how did you find it? And, um, you know, she just found it on the Internet. So I think that there are, you know, and we don't, this this um, podcast, we use, uh, you know, we use Audacity to record and edit SoundCloud to host and iTunes and Google Play to, to make it available. So I, I don't know. I mean, and all that is free is my point. And so I guess if you're creative enough, um, you know, there are ways you can do outreach in a, in a digital context, um, you know, um, That's one of the cool things, I guess, about you know the digital age. Yeah. Do you guys have any closing thoughts?
2: Uh, I think we've touched on everything that I was uh, interested in or had the idea of talking about.
0: Same here. This marks the end of episode fifteen and our interview with the staff of the Montgomery County Archives. As always, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in next time.